Welcome to Christianity A to Z. This is another podcast and uh, we are on the letter I and we're going to be thinking about the doctrine of the incarnation. And uh, this is just one of the resources that we produce. If you tune in regularly, you'll know that there are a number of other things that we uh, produce week to week to help you to uh, grow in your faith. And uh, cornerstonechurchkingston.org is the place to find all of those things. And as ever, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, look at our social media for more things on there as well. Um, as ever, I'm with Pete Woodcock. Oh, hello. Sorry. Hello. Yep, hello. Senior pastor of the church with Ben. Hello. Assistant pastor, and I'm Tom Sweetman. <laughs> and it's great to welcome you to this podcast for another week. So, I, Incarnation. Um, as ever, we're going to start with a, a verse from the Bible. Um, incarnation is not is not actually a biblical word, is it? Well, I mean, it, it means in the flesh. So, car, carne. Mm. Is like when you have your chili con carne. That means you <laughs> didn't think we were going to start there. No, but, uh, but it's chili. It's chili. Fle- it's chili yeah. uh, flesh. It's yeah. ch- chili meat. And so incarnation is this wonderful teaching of the second person of the Holy Trinity becoming a man, mm. becoming flesh. Yeah, the the. I mean, there are some fantastic uh, all over the place. But one of the greats uh, in explaining this is is John chapter one. Um, and uh, John, of course, who was a who was an eyewitness of, of this incarnate one, uh, writes this in John chapter one, verse one: "In the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, uh, that's the second person of a Trinity, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." So, even in that sentence, you have <laughs> so amazing. much. Yeah. You have Word, which is the very expression uh, uh, of of who God is. Um, you have him as his own own being, if you like. Uh, uh, he's uh, and yet he's with God, mm. and so um, you've got a sort of a the Trinity there mm. in one sense. Um, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then it talks about uh, a man called John, John the Baptist, who comes, uh, who came to witness uh, to this light. And then if we pick it up in um, uh, uh, verse 14, um, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling, which is the word tabernacle, uh, which is an Old Testament picture of God. You know, the tabernacle was a tent where God dwelled amongst his people the presence of God. Uh, so the word became flesh, carne, mm-hmm. yeah? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son mm-hmm. who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And so John goes on. <laughs> That's yeah. his introduction. Yeah. It's amazing because he he wants you to know right from the very start who this Jesus is. Yeah, and he's not. I mean, it's it's a contrast to um, uh, verse six when it says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is, Jesus is is utter, Jesus' introduction is utterly different to John's introduction. Mm. Jesus is not a man sent from God. He is God Himself who has become man. Mm. Um, and so Jesus is not just a historical figure. Mm. He is God Himself who has become flesh. Yeah, and before history. Because yeah. in the beginning doesn't mean you know it, it's it's right back into eternity, isn't it? So, and he was with God and was yeah. always with God and was God. Yes. So it's as clear as a bell, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 
Um, Wonderful. So we've got John chapter 1. There are other verses as well in the New Testament, isn't there? There's Philippians, Philippians 2. Uh, we were talking about just now where you've got that wonderful uh, part where Paul is describing um, both the who of Christ and the what he came to do. Mm. And he talks about Christ who was in very nature God. And yet he came to this earth. He took the nature of a servant. He became a man. He died on a cross. And so um, the New Testament is quite clear on this teaching, isn't it? That, hmm. that Jesus was not just a prophet yeah. uh, like others, that he w- it was God himself who had taken upon himself a human nature and come into the world. Um, and wh- why why is that so important, do you think? So wh- why, why, why does it matter that he wasn't just one in a long line of prophets? Why did God have to come in Jesus? Uh, well, I mean, for, for loads of reasons, um, because uh, what you, you ha- you, in order for us to be saved, in order for us to be reconciled to God, uh, then someone has to die in our place. Mm. And that's sort of been set up. That's what God shows. You know, the judgment of God for our sin needs to be upon a human, it needs to be upon a person. Mm. It is Adam's and Adam's um, children, you know, with, that we are all descendants of, that have sinned mm. and, and broken God's laws, and they need to be dealt with. Mm. So in order for salvation, uh, we need a representative human mm. uh, to, 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 to take our place. Mm. But any human born into this world is uh, a representative of Adam, mm. is Adam's son, mm. is... is, is uh, is 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 born in corruption mm. and and sin not qualified to and so not yeah, qualified yeah. so we need a son of adam in one you know we need a human and and yet you know we need uh, someone else and then um uh so that's you know i mean that's one that's one yeah. thing Sorry, and that's, I mean, no, that's, no it's brilliant and that's yeah. why that's that's the absolute argument that is made in Hebrews 2, isn't it? Because in Hebrews 2, it says, um, verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. Yeah. So that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, mm. fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. Um, so it's exactly what you're saying. Because sin and our rebellion of God was committed in the realm of the flesh, if you like, mm. he couldn't just send a really top angel mm. or a spirit. He had to send one who was like us in every way and yet perfect, truly God, so that he could atone, so that he could atone for us and bridge the gap between us and us and him. Um, so necessary for the atonement, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And you're, you're moving on to one of the offices of Christ there, one of the reasons he came. Um, because, uh, as you said, he, he came to atone, which is an Old Testament um, picture. God really meticulously sets up in the Old Testament the sacrificial system, mm. uh, which is this, this picture of how we deal with our sin. Something else has to die. The blood of that thing has to be shed uh, in our place. And so right at the beginning of Genesis, you've got um, God clothing Adam and Eve in the skins of animals. So that's the first sort of sacrifice in a sense. Something's died to pay for the sin and now you're going to be covered by their blood in a sense. And then you've got sacrificial system. You've got um, the the lambs that had to be slaughtered and the blood to to cleanse the people. And that is the 
sort of the scene that Jesus steps onto and says, I've come to fulfill this. We preached on this recently. He's the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Um, so here's Jesus. He has to come as a man. Uh, and he, because he's not from Adam, um, he is the perfect man, um, but still fully man. Um, otherwise, like you said, if he was an angel or, or part angel, part whatever, it wouldn't have worked mm. because we need a, represent, a representative, as you said, to represent mm. us. And he mm. does perfectly. Mm. Um, uh, sorry, just uh, to, to, to bust in because I'm, I'm not sure where you're going. Um, but um, uh, John, who was this witness to the light, mm. uh, it's said in John 1, when he sees Jesus, says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Yeah. So this word that was with God in the beginning that's become flesh, has mm. become incarnate, mm. is that very lamb yes. that takes away the sin of the world. And all of those, that picture of sacrifices and the lambs in the Old Testament yep. taking sin, they're just pictures of this, yeah. the real one that's yeah. come to, to mm. do it. Yeah. yeah, And it's magnificent. When Jesus dies on the cross, there's so many things going on, but one of the things is that the curtain is torn in two in the temple. Uh, that separates an unholy people from the holy of holies, God's mm. presence. Um, and maybe this is going a bit too detailed, but there's um, there's 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 pictures throughout the Bible. There's pictures of angels, cherubim, blocking us off from the presence of God. So when we're chuck when Adam and Eve were chucked out of um, uh, Eden, there's a cherubim there and a flashing sword saying, "You mm. cannot come back into the presence of God." Um, and and uh, on the ark. Um, in the Holy of Holies, there's two angels stopping you from entering the presence of God. Um, and the curtain had cherubim embroidered into it. Mm. So constantly, here's this picture. You're unholy. God is holy. You're separated from him. And then Christ, the perfect sacrifice, which pays for our sin. And then the curtain is ripped in half. The cherubim are mm. sort of dismissed from their duty and we can come back into the to the presence. Mm. And there's this wonderful story in, in Matthew's gospel um, where Jesus is, is walking through the cornfields with his disciples and they're eating their ears of corn. Um, and the Pharisees, because they're doing this on the Sabbath, so the Pharisees see this and they say to him, look, your disciples are doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath. And then Jesus tells them the story about um, David eating the consecrated bread in the temple. Mm. And then he says, I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. So in other words, uh, eating in the temple in the presence of God on the Sabbath is acceptable because you're in the presence of God. <laughs> uh, something greater than the temple is here. I am here. I am the presence of God. And mm. these disciples are in the presence of God. Mm. And that's picking up on the John language as well, isn't it? Of the tabernacling. Mm. You know, he is the presence of God come, come in human form. So, so when we're talking about the incarnation, what we're talking about then is one is the one man, mm. Jesus Christ, but with these two natures. You know, he's truly God, and he's truly man. He's not 50% man and 50% God, which makes up a whole. He's mm. truly God, isn't he? Yeah. Truly man. Or it's not sort of God um, possessing a human body. Like no, a sort just of animating. Ghost sort of or a, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or an avatar or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a distinction in those natures, isn't there? So it's not like, you know, blending a whole load of vegetable together, together to the point where you can't tell what vegetable is yeah. what and what isn't anymore. There's a preservation yeah. of each nature. Yeah. And yet he's not two persons. No. Uh, he's one person with these with these two natures. So yeah. um, you know, there, this is this is our this is like when Moses went before the the bush that was on fire. This is holy ground in one sense, isn't yeah, it? Like it there is, is yeah. it is an amazing thing we're talking about. Um and you know, in church history, uh, you know, folks might know, you know, but there's often been a lot of sort of 
um, tension uh, or argument about this. What, why is that, do you think? Why has there been such controversy around this, do you, do you think? in the um, Well, I mean, in some ways there has to be. Yeah. Because you're trying to sort out uh, what is true and, and untrue. And there have been a lot of people, I mean, Ben's been studying all this. Uh, there's been a lot of people... Um, that have come up with strange ideas mm. about Jesus, or mm. they, they just said he's he was just a particularly mm. holy man, or you have the Jehovah's Witnesses um, that are, are saying that he he is sort of a, a created God, mm. you know, a, a God with a small G, but he was he wasn't there at, in the beginning. He was sort of he was created first, mm. and um, so you have you know all, uh, there were there were just quite a lot of uh, sort of uh, controversy over this mm. um and i suppose there's that uh, but but just before sorry just before we do that i think we should we, we before we start sort of getting into the controversy we're just a glory in this mm. uh, this this is just an, an extraordinary thing isn't it this this isn't krishna in hinduism uh, uh, becoming a man and stealing clothes, uh, like the stories go in in the Bhagavad Gita, um, you know this is this isn't just a sort of um, a silliness here. This isn't weird paganism mm. that's going on here. This is the Creator God, the Word who has always been the eternal God, uh, becoming or the second person of the Trinity becoming a man in order to rescue us this is extraordinary um rescue mission hmm. this is this is not some little um you know you, when you see those rescue missions like miners down a down a mine and they're stuck you know 5 miles in or something and there's the whole world looking you know those chilean miners and hmm. there's people designing and creating uh new technology in order to get these people out one by one it's fantastic to see hmm. this but god has done that on a much bigger scale hmm. he was big enough to become a tiny uh, thing in Mary's womb. Mm. Uh, he's strong enough to become weak, you know, uh, to be able to, uh, you know, and living enough to be able to die on a cross and rise again. This is extraordinary stuff that we, uh, the church has ever been praising and singing and mm. glorying and rubbing it in, you know. And so, uh, some of these controversies need to, you know, we need to stop arguing and stand back in wonder and praise. Mm. But yeah, pro controversies you want to talk about. Mm. <laughs> yep. Um, well, just just following on from that, it's it's an amazing thing that he's done, and um, e even more amazing that when he ascended into heaven, he ascended still as a man. And so, I mean, some people might think that he came down on this mission temporarily as a man, and then he sort of zipped back up, and he sort of re-became god or 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 shed his manhood and now he's just god again but um but the scriptures tell us that he is a uh, man forever yeah. and we will live with him in the new creation and he's going to be a man mm. um which is wonderful really because it means that the things he came down to be are he, he's continuing those sort of roles um he, he's going to be you know that the lamb is on the throne forever mm. um will always be reminded of his amazing sacrifice for us um but he's always going to be our king as well so we're preaching through two kings at the moment on our sunday services and we see bad king after bad king after bad king we need a good king mm. and he's not just come for 33 years on this earth as a good king but he's going to be our our representative king forever uh so th 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 there's reasons to worship him forever and ever and ever, um, not just for what he's done, but for what he continues to be for us. Mm -hmm. Mm 
One of the things that Muslims often say um, is that this is a very demeaning thing to ascribe to God. So, um, and they often want to get very sort of concrete about it. So the idea that you're saying God became a man, the great holy God became, and he had to go to the toilet and stuff yeah. like that. And they they yeah. can't they can't see how this could be fitting to God, um, mm. you know, who is so other and so unlike us. How could he possibly do the things that other men do? Is it demeaning? No, it's 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 far from it. It's extraordinary that 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 our God uh, would uh, you know become uh, you know the second person of the Trinity would become a man and need to go to to the toilet. Mm. Um, that he had sweaty armpits. Mm. That he knew what it was to cry. He knew what it was to go hungry. He knew what it was to have pain. He knew what it was to have friends. Uh, die. He knew what it was to be betrayed by by Judas. He knew what it was to have parents um, that brought him up, and and, pres- and and presumably Joseph died. So he he knew, uh, you know, grieving. Uh, he knew what it was uh, to have mother and 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 uh, brothers to, mm. uh, to misunderstand him. He knew what it was to have the paparazzi uh, coming at him and uh, deliberately twisting his words and having a go at him. He knew what it was to have a band of brothers around him that he loved and trained and yet they were frustrating. This is a God that utterly, utterly understands mm. and utterly knows. This is extraordinary. Mm. He's not a distant Allah like God who's miles away way in the distant like a deist sort of god who won't interact won't have relationship this is the god of relationship because the trinity the father son and holy spirit are so committed to relationship they want to bring us into that relationship and that that's not demeaning that is extraordinary sacrifice that raises him up and exalts jesus to the highest place I think the other thing is it's only it's only demeaning if you have a very low view of the human body. I yeah. think that's the other thing. So it's a kind of it's like an old Gnostic mm. sort of heresy, which is where really uh, the body and the flesh is the weak, yeah. horrible, temporary, disgusting vessel, and the spirit is the real thing. The soul mm. is the real thing, and so for God to become a man mm. is to take on the lowest and unworthiest of forms. Mm. Whereas that is not actually a Christian view of the body. The Christian view of the body is that it, it is fallen, but it is something of great dignity and worth and value. And so it says something about humanity, mm. doesn't it? That God becomes a well, man. It, I mean, it, it honors the the way in which we've been made as well, yeah. doesn't it? Um, well, we're he, made in the image of God. So uh, you could argue uh, Jesus Christ, uh, is, he, is, is he made in uh, the image of man or uh, are we made in the image of what jesus was made in to mm. you should understand what i mean <laughs> yeah. um we don't have to get that, that complicated if you don't want to but so i i would believe that i would say uh in it are even our being physically made as mm. a human mm. uh was was looking forward mm to the second person of the Trinity being incarnated. Yeah. So we're made in his image. Yeah. Well, that is, absolutely has to be right because before the creation of the world, God knew uh, what he knew what would happen. Yeah. And so he knew there would have to be a rescue plan. And we see that in Genesis when um, uh, God says to Eve, um, so there will be a serpent crusher and he's going to be seed of Eve. So he's going to come from the human race. Uh, in order for him to have said that confidently <laughs> and in order for him to have done anything at all, he would have to have known that this salvation plan was possible. Mm. 
And it's quite a nice thought, actually, that God would not have embarked on this journey without knowing he could have saved us in the end. Um, but yeah, but I suppose he then has to make man in his image so he can come. His image can come as a man yeah. um, and save us. Mm. And as we look at him, we see the fullness of God, don't we? So I was just thinking about Hebrews, Hebrews chapter one, which is another bit in Hebrews. Uh, where Jesus, I mean, it's just amazing. He says, in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, mm. whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe, which is just like a casual aside in this, yeah. you know, just also made the universe through him. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And then it goes on with more wonderful things there. But that's the reality, isn't it? That as we look at Jesus Christ in the pages of Scripture, mm. uh, we see the very fullness of yeah. God himself. You know, and, and the, the radiance. Utterly kind of God, not to just speak in concepts or philosophies, mm. but in ways that I can understand. So when I look at Jesus, I, I know what the Father's like. I know what God is like. Mm. And what do I see of Jesus? He's compassionate. Mm. He's compassionate to the poor. He's compassionate to the ill mm. and the suffering. Um, he loves to forgive sin, which, you know, only God can. And, of course, he is God, so he can. Um, you know, he, he has come uh, as, a, as a doctor uh, to, you know, to the poor and sick and sinful. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why he's come. So uh, that, that shows us what God is like. Mm -hmm. yeah. he, he, I mean, there's, there's the great illustration, and, and I think it's just, it is magnificent. Um, I was using it the other day, of if you take a sort of like a missionary doctor type person, someone who's given up living in London, Harley Street doctor or whatever, and they go out into the middle of, you know, some kind of bush somewhere, you know, Papua New Guinea or the Congo or what, whatever. Um, and they're there because they want to heal this, a particular disease uh, that's that's going on. What What does that doctor want? What excites that doctor is when he sees someone riddled with the disease. That doesn't mm. repulse him. That excites him because he's there <laughs> to heal. Mm. And that's our God. Mm. Jesus has come to, to heal the sick. Mm. And he wants sinners to come to him. That's our God. Mm. Now, Allah seems to me to be very different. We're, we're, we're given, you know, he's far and distant and so transcendent, I can't have a relationship with him. I've just got to obey these rules and get on with life. Mm. And I don't want relationship with him, really. I just, mm. I'm just, he, he's like a monarch that I never see, you know, just have to obey. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, great stuff. Um, okay, were you going to add something there? It looked like you were yeah. preparing to. Well, I was just thinking about, um, you said earlier, is it does it just is it unfitting for God to become a man? Mm. Um, and what what sort of is unfitting for Jesus is when people don't recognize him as God. That is unfitting um, when he's not given the glory that he deserves. Mm. And there, a lot a lot of people didn't recognize his glory. Um, mm. But you know, John says we have seen his glory. Mm. Um, so there, you know, his disciples knew who he was. You are the Messiah. You are the Christ. Um, and we now sort of recognize who he is. But uh, perhaps a good response to a Muslim is to say, well, do you know what is unfitting for God? Mm. Not to be given praise mm. and acknowledged to be mm. worthy. Mm. Um, and now he's been exalted, as Pete was saying. He has been exalted now because he, he humbled himself. Uh, his, he veiled his glory in a sense. But now he's in heaven glorified. Mm. So are you, you know, are you going to ignore that? Because mm. that's unfitting mm. for God. Mm. 
Yeah. So, um, okay, let's 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 have a think now about some of the the sort of practical outworkings of this then for the for the Christian life and the ways in which this doctrine equips us to to live. I mean, I suppose one thing that comes to mind is that um, you know, because you know, as you say, he's the he's the great high priest. He's fulfilling that priestly office. Uh, one of the ways the New Testament applies that is he's a sympathetic high priest, you know, and um, he's able to sympathize with us in our in our weakness and in our temptation, uh, which is so important, isn't it? That Jesus knows what it is like to live in a world where he was presented with all kinds of opportunities to sin. Mm. And yet he was without sin and perfect in every way, succeeding where Adam and we have failed. Mm. Um and therefore, we, we talk to one who has walked this earth and knows what it was like to be facing temptations. And uh, he, he's not so distant that he can't. He can't. And so that's a great encouragement in our battles, isn't it? To, to remember to look to him and say, Lord Jesus, I know that you know what it was like to live yeah. in this world. Give me the strength by your spirit, through your word, to live as you live, to live to live your Father's way. Um, so that's one outworking, isn't it? Helps yeah. us in our prayer life, helps us as we navigate the temptations of this world. Other, other things? Mm. Well, um, one of the things that we're, we're told, uh, because uh, you know, um, Ben was talking about, you know, his, his sort of offices, if you like, mm. you know, king, priest. Um, and uh, w- one, of, one of them is that he is before the Father, um, you know, as our advocate and, uh, and uh, you know, high priest, you know, praying for us. Mm. And uh, that doesn't mean to say the Father is against us, um, but I think it's, it's, it's sort of a picture of the eternal power of his blood and of who he is uh, 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 constantly making us right before the Father. We are right before God because of what Christ has done, and that's because of the incarnation. He had to die. He physically died and rose again. Mm. Um, so there's there's that side of things. The the other thing is that he is um, the head of the new body, the mm. church. He has died, and he's risen. Mm. He's dealt with with death. The wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. We know that the wages of sin have been dealt with. Someone died. Mm. Jesus died. You wouldn't have that without the incarnation. But he's risen again as a body. And so now we know that death uh, is is, uh, 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 a place where we will follow Jesus, the head. We die, but we will rise again. And and that's the whole Christian life, isn't it? Where... Mm. We're baptized into him. We go under the water, we rise again, we die, we rise again. And that's the symbolism there. And so there's hope beyond death for the physical body because one has died and therefore the wages of sin have been paid for because he rose again. Mm. So we will. Mm. So I guess all of that is to do with the incarnation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think think also in terms of our understanding of, of revelation, doesn't it? So... Um, you know, we're not in a place like many other religions and cults where we're, we're sort of waiting for another prophet to mm. come. Um, we're told that Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God. He is the fullness of God's revelation to this world. Mm. He is the image of the invisible God. That prophetic office is fulfilled in Christ. Yeah. So we now are not in a position where we're expecting 
more revelation from God. We don't need any more. But how could he give more than than yeah. himself? Yeah. And so our job now is just to apply the revelation that has come, which is Jesus Christ and mm. Jesus Christ is in the scriptures. So it gives people a great confidence that they we know what God has said and what he has said is finally true and yeah. it's Jesus. Yeah. Um, so there's a security in in knowing that revelation is complete, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, that's a re- that's a really really good point. Otherwise, we're just, you know, trying to find ourselves or find uh, God or something. He's spoken, and He's spoken in His Son, and mm. there's no greater word than that. And also, He's just our great example of of being a human. Mm. Mm. He is the perfect man. Mm. Uh, this and and it as as you say in that revelation, it's it's. Uh, it shows us what we, we should be about. Mm. It tells us what our life is about. What was what you know? There's so many young people trying to find what is the point of life. Mm. The point of life is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, mm. to serve Him, to build His church, to uh, be the body uh, that He is the head of in in this in this world. Yeah. Mm. And I guess there's, there's, I mean, I suppose we've touched on it a bit, but suffering, you know, suffering people is is amazing, isn't it? That the Lord has come into this world, and as you said, He's felt pain and He's experienced yeah. difficulty and betrayal and hardship and all all the sort of problems that are common to yeah. human, you know, men and women these yeah. days. You know, He knows. You know, you've been to work and uh, you've just just you've walked in on someone gossiping about you, and yeah. you know, He He's felt that sting, hasn't He? He yeah. knows that, and so. Uh, we talk and pray to one who can sympathize with us in every way. Um, it's so unlike uh, anything else, really, isn't it? There's mm. no other religion that will, will quite in the same way. There's no incarnation anywhere else, is there, really, in the, in the same Not way really, as this? No. no. Um, and so it is an amazing thing because, therefore, when, when, when we're going through the Beatitudes and, and we're trying to follow Jesus and we, we face temptations and sufferings, um, he does know what it's like um and in fact he he knows it sort of to the extreme uh so with temptations for example he never gave in to temptation mm. we give into temptation after the first or second time of asking <laughs> so we don't know and, and it seems to get harder doesn't it if you say no to something the temptation gets more intense and then you just keep saying no to it it gets harder and harder well he faced that all the way to the cross mm. um and so face temptation way more intensely than any of us will um but 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 therefore, he has sympathy, as you were just saying, Tom. That when we come to him in repentance, he 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 knows he knows what it's like. Um, I, it, it, I think also the incarnation. Um, if you look at Colossians chapter one and, and that little section from fifteen to twenty, you see how important the church is. And when I mean what I mean by church is not a building; is is people that are saved in mm. Christ, because. Listen to what Paul does when he's writing this. The Son is the image of the invisible God, yeah, <laughs> the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. So the whole physical world is made by him and is in fact for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Mm. Here is here is here is the uh, the, the divine Son of God, uh, mm. God the Son, rather, um, holding holding everything together. And Paul is sort of built one thing upon another. He's going up this peak, and what's what's the top thing? You, what what can what can top that? 
uh, that he he's created everything and holds all things together is, and he is the head of the body of the church, <laughs> and he's the beginning of the firstborn, uh, and and so you know, it the church, uh, the r- real believers is absolutely essential, and the incarnation mm. shows that, isn't, isn't it amazing? Yeah. And if we're part of the church, then we're absolutely what he's come for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't body, he it? wouldn't have been incarnated if he didn't want a church. Yeah. Um, but how amazing that God would, uh, God the Son would permanently take on humanity forever in order to have the church. Yeah. It just it's shows love. you how important. Yeah. God how so loved. loved the world that yeah. he gave his one and only Son. Yeah. Mm. That really sums it up. Yeah. It? Yeah. Amen. All right. There we go. Incarnation. Um, hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, next week we'll be on the letter. What's up to G, is it? <laughs> yeah, G. So uh, tune in next week for G. J. J. The letter J. So tune in. Yeah, as I said at the start, cornerstonechurchkingston.org uh, for all other resources and uh, like and subscribe to uh, our social media and YouTube channels. Hope you're enjoying these. As ever, if you are, leave us a comment on YouTube. Any Anything you'd like us to, to cover, any questions that have arisen, we can try to find a time to address some of those so uh, do let us know how you're getting on with these